when hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still. That is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Dave's Disney View Podcast. Dave is your host, your podcast host. <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible, mortal states. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. Of course, there's always my way. Hello and welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast. A one-time cast member, a long-time visitor, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective on the Walt Disney World Resort. The music you're hearing on this podcast is actually from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. You can check him out at ReverbNation.com soundA, as an Apple, or MySpace.com soundA. Craig does a number of different things. Uh, this particular piece is called A Major Suspension, Suspended Glory. So please, do check him out, and we thank Craig for his music. Throughout the show, we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. So please keep your hands and arms inside the moving vehicle at all times and enjoy the show. Thank you. This podcast is part of a series. And now, here's part two. Hi, everyone. It's Dave again. How's everybody doing? Back in February, I took that trip up to Disney, the unexpected trip where I took my MP3 player and you kind of rode along with me on some of the attractions and had some fun in the Magic Kingdom. But the reality about Disney is it's much more than just theme parks. It's, there's so many other areas to explore and so many other things to do. I'm actually headed back up to the resort again. But this time, my goal is not to go to the theme parks. I'm taking the lowest wattage camping trip you can ever take, and that's to Fort Wilderness at the Walt Disney World Resort. So we're going on a camping trip where we're going to spend a couple of nights camping and just some, have some fun hanging around and doing whatever and not really taking it too seriously or having too many things going on. We're not going to visit a theme park. And we're probably going to go beyond the Walt Disney World Resort, too. Uh, something we've wanted to do for a while is to head over to the uh, Kennedy Space Center and uh, do the, uh, the uh, tour over there as well. 
So this will be a little bit different because we're going to try some different things this time and not have anything to do with the theme parks. So, uh, and not even stay at a Disney resort in that sense. So this, this should be interesting. And I, I thought I'd present to you some of the things that I see and some of, the, some of the experiences so you can kind of get a feel for them as well. So come along with me as I go on my Walt Disney World sort of vacation. We made our drive over to the Kennedy Space Center. I told the boys, I've been telling them for a long time we were going to go out to the Space Center. So we made a drive out there. And it is really neat to think about the fact that uh, bo both Walt Disney and John F. Kennedy inspired people and were really true thinkers and really considered the uh, possibilities for the future. As we begin, um, we are going to go by the Vehicle Assembly Building, right by the front side of it. And uh, you will get a good look at the Vehicle Assembly Building right from the ground up. Um, we're going to begin a tour. Again, a, as we begin our tour, we're going to begin a video. Uh, first of all, you'll hear from Miss Lisa Malone. She's the spokesperson for NASA. She's going to welcome you to the visitor complex. And then you'll get to hear some other sections of videos we travel. So, folks, thank you so much for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful time on so taking a day from a Disney day and taking a ride across the, uh, the state, we uh, took the one-hour trip out to Kennedy Space Center. And this is a great place. It's a lot, of, a lot of interesting things to see here. And with the shuttle program likely winding down in the next two years, it's a, it's a great place to spend a little time and get to experience it. Now, as I said, I was, a, I was an employee of the uh, Kennedy Space Center at one point uh, while I was doing my graduate research. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was an interesting experience and I uh, got, to, got to see some things that most people don't ever get to experience in their lives. But... Uh, gives me a unique perspective on them too and I don't want to go too far into a diatribe here but it's interesting how they're so focused on the Constellation program and they've even retrofitted one of the one of the launch pads to be uh, for the Constellation and yet the president is talking about doing away with the Constellation program because it's so expensive and I don't really want to get into the, the whole politics of that but there's a lot of there's a lot behind it um, having seen some of the waste and how just how expensive it is to run the shuttle program and any program beyond that I can certainly see why privatizing it would be a better choice and it's interesting to me that when it came time for Sir Richard Branson uh, to make his decision about where he was going to launch his uh, manned vehicles that he's going to be selling on uh, space tourist seats to go up into space, when he started selling those, he actually sold uh, the idea of launching it. He pitched it to uh, Florida and potentially using the uh, Space Center here or some launch pad further south or some part of the facility and uh, the state well, the state and the government had no interest in it so he went to New Mexico and New Mexico bought into it and he'll be launching them from New Mexico so in a sense they were so focused on keeping this area as part of the space program they didn't think about bigger picture and now with the potential to privatize the entire space program this becomes obsolete in a lot of ways and it's just kind of a shame because they didn't think big picture they thought very focused on Constellation and what are they going to do and returning to the moon very expensive propositions that have no real payoff. Um, again, I'm not, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but it's an interesting problem. But still, it's a really cool thing to see. Discovery happens to be on the launch pad because it launches in a couple of days, and yeah, it's just an amazing place to go. So I had to take a moment and just make a comment about why, what it is about Kennedy Space Center and why it kind of captures my, captures me and captures my imagination. And I think I'll take a page from the video they were showing at, at the Space Center when they were talking about the Apollo program. And President Kennedy's assessment that we needed to get to the moon at the end, by the end of the decade. And it's the famous speech that he had, and he said we need to get there by the end of the decade because it's not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And he really inspired a nation to do something greater
for the greater good. Now, one thing about you can say about Kennedy is he was a future thinker. He was thinking about the, the bigger picture and what, what would happen, an optimistic view of the future. Now, what happened behind closed doors and some of the other things that were there, that's, you know, that's uh, something for history scholars to debate. But what I'm saying is what you hear him always saying, the way he talked, it was an optimistic view. And there's a relation there to Walt Disney because Walt Disney, on a different scale, came back and said, I want to build something that's never been done before. And he inspired a generation in the way that he did it because he came up with something that was very creative and he actually did something that had never been done before. And he was a future thinker too, always positive about the future. How can the future be great and what, what's good about the future? And the two were very similar in that respect. And I think the fact that they each recruited through their, their own means and the things they did, they recruited the best and the brightest to solve problems. And it's all about solving problems and creating new solutions and doing something different that had never been done before. And I, I really respect that. And I can see the comparison between the two when I, when I go to the Space Center and I think about it. You know, back in the day, you know, I was up at the Space Center for the first time probably in the late 1970s. And the Space Center, they had a visitor center and they did some things and it was like, eh, whatever. You know, you'd walk in and you'd see it and they talk about the Apollo program and whatever. You know, what's the future of the, of the uh, Space Center? But there was nothing interactive or immersive in any way about what they did. Now, it's almost Disney-like in the way they approach it. It's, it's got some fun factor to it. It's got some things going on. It makes it a little more interesting and compelling. And they immerse you in the experience, particularly of the Saturn program. But they also take you out and show you about the shuttle program. And everyone talks somewhat optimistically about the future of the uh, space program, in spite of the fact that it may or may not exist the way it exists today. And a complete aside about that, something interesting I learned after I left uh, was that there's some discussion about how the whole space program would be structured. Would it be completely privatized or would just the funding portion of it be privatized and it still be run and, you know, sort of, sort of administered by the government in some, to some degree? So maybe the shuttle program or the Constellation program or any of these other programs continue in some way, or maybe not. But if they do, maybe they're, you know, it's privately funded in that sense where it's, st it's still sort of this NASA agency that oversees it, but it becomes a little more private. So it's a little more of a, it's a little bit more of what the, what's going on today, but it has more business control over it. And you know, that's fascinating to me. And I, I don't know where that's going to go. I have no idea. As I say, I don't want to get into the politics of it. I'm just fascinated by the idea of continuing a space program that's much more cost effective. That would be the one complaint I'd have, having worked there, that I saw a lot of waste and a lot of redundancy and things that wasn't necessary. I look at the way Disney runs its operation. Very efficient, they do things well, they get them done, and they have different uh, pieces that they put together to make sure that everything's, you know, everything's safe and has a certain security to it and everything's working, but yet they don't spend a lot of extra money and effort to, to uh, put things together in a different way. So later that night, we drove back and uh, went ahead and grabbed some dinner somewhere and then headed over to back to the campgrounds. Now, this night, this Wednesday night, we wanted to hang around and see the campfire sing-along and the movies and hang, hang out for a while. So we went over and we uh, brought our marshmallows with us and roasted some marshmallows and had some fun. 
There's Chip right here at the uh, Campfire Movies just uh, enjoying the, the moment here. It's Chip right there. Chip's going around and walking around and we have a little sing-along going on. We're going to roast some marshmallows here in a minute. This is uh, kind of a fun little thing to do. I bet you've never done this before, have you? I haven't done this in probably 20 years. Amazing. So you got the s'mores going on. This is pretty cool. They sell the uh, the sticks for like 50 cents and the uh, marshmallows are, you know, you get a bag of them for like a couple of bucks and then the uh, the kit itself is like eight or nine dollars. Yeah, we came prepared. We had our own s'mores kit. We just had to buy some sticks for, for a buck total. And uh, we're here roasting marshmallows and having a really good time. It's, uh, it's pretty fun just having some s'mores and enjoying it. And everybody's just, it's a big community event. It's a lot of fun. Now it's time for the feature movie, and tonight they're showing Up, which is fine with me. I'm good with that. Good film. It's amazing how technology has changed, isn't it? They used to have a 16-millimeter projector out here that would show movies, and now it's all DVD. It's and with, a, um, with one of these uh, LCD projectors. It's just incredible. And the quality of the picture is probably a thousand times better anyway. Amazing. Meanwhile, we're still roasting marshmallows. And then at some point during the evening, we uh, wandered over toward the uh, dock to be able to see the uh, fireworks spectacular from the Magic Kingdom. You can catch the fireworks from uh, the marina or the beach area from uh, Fort Wilderness. So we'll be doing that. And of course, they pump in the music over here, too.
I would have made a star when they said star. That's funny. Now, one thing I remembered, back when I last did this, and that was probably about 15 years ago, maybe a little more, their wilderness lodge didn't exist. So you could actually see some of the Magic Kingdom in the different distance. You could see a little bit of the Contemporary Hotel, and you could see uh, back just a little bit of the edge of the Magic Kingdom. You could see the castle spire sticking up just a little bit. But now with the uh, Wilderness Lodge there, you can't see it at all. You can see the fireworks just fine, but you just can't see the Magic Kingdom anymore. And I just think it's kind of interesting how that's evolved with the Wilderness Lodge in between.
wishes can come true if you believe in them with all your heart. And the best part is, you'll never run out of wishes. They're shining deep down inside of you. Because that, my friends, is where the magic lives. And if you do come over to Fort Wilderness, be sure and look for the lawnmower tree. It's a pretty cool little thing that I even remember from when I was little, and it's still there. Uh, the, the story, the backstory goes that uh, Billy Bowlegs took too long with his lawnmower, his slow lawnmower, and there was a fast-growing tree that took it on. So be sure and check it out. I had a small, very small incident with uh, something that something that happened. We're walking along, and we're walking down a path near where the pool is. And some guy on his bicycle comes flailing along, and he's, he's an older gentleman. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say he was a teenager or anything, but he was older. And he comes up, and he, um, my son was, was kind of standing in the middle of the street, and yeah, he and both my boys were kind of running around and having some fun and whatever. And they had to dodge a couple of bicycles. But this guy on the bicycle, for some reason, he like stops and he starts yelling at my son. And it was, it was just an odd sort of thing because he yelled something. It might have just as, might just as well have been the father from uh, Christmas Dream. He didn't make any sense. He goes, I don't have any brakes on this bike, and I don't have I only have one leg, and I only have one eye, and my brain is uh, I don't know what he was saying exactly, but it was just a very strange sort of incident. And it's weird because you don't expect that typically at Disney. You don't run into many people who have that sort of attitude about things um, when you're working throughout the theme parks and, and walking around and doing different things. So it was a very um, different experience to, to have experienced someone like that. And then we wandered back to our campsite again and uh, called it a night. And that was a lot of fun. So here's my proud moment of achievement. Disney does a really nice thing of not only giving you a campsite number and a grouping and a loop that you can go on, but they also put out color coding so that it's easier to find your campsite and that way you can, when you take the bus, you can find your way back if you want to take the bus somewhere. So last night when we went over to the uh, fireworks, my boys were asking me if we could take the bus back and I go, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know what bus color we're supposed to get on. And it's dark and the, you know, the, uh, the signage isn't well lit either. 
And uh, I have to admit, I was a little bit of a moron because I didn't even know which color loop we were on. And uh, <laughs> it's just like it occurred to me this morning that uh, it was on the map that I had in my pocket. But as I say, it was dark. I wouldn't have known. But what a great moment. Crowning achievement in, uh, in one of those great moments, huh? In spite of the fact that the vegetation is gone a little bit, it uh, really is sort of a beautiful um, feel uh, here. It's, it, it's just got sort of a nice feel. I mean, you're looking at the pine trees, and it, it just has sort of that wooded area, and it's kind of cooler than, than uh, the rest of the rest of the area, and it just sort of has that warmth to it, that country warmth that you they sort of feel. It, it really is kind of neat, and all in all, I would say I'd do it again. Um, I'm not a huge fan of camping. There's a lot of places I won't camp. But I would do this again. This was really a good time, and I think we really enjoyed it. Um, still got a little bit of a day plan for today to go out and do some more things just around Disney that are not uh, that don't require park admission. We're not going to stay for the whole day, but we're going to stay for a while and have a little fun with it. So this will be a, this will be interesting, and uh, it really is neat to come up here and experience it and not go to a park. The funny thing was last night and as we were walking over on and then there was other stuff going on. We saw the, the hayride go by and I was telling the kids about the petting zoo and uh, there's you know there's different activities you can go on a horseback ride. You can uh, you can go over and uh, join in some of the festivities that are going on at different events. There's a pool. It looks really nice but it was just during the day it was nice but it was just a little too cool for my taste to go swimming. But uh, there's a lot of really neat stuff to do here, and you could you could spend easily several days just here at Fort Wilderness and do nothing else and have plenty to do. Uh, I don't see why you'd have to leave here, actually. Um, and, of course, you don't need transportation. It helps, but you don't need it. And they'll even rent you a tent if you don't have one. So it's really a neat way to, uh, to spend a couple of days and do something really different. But as I said, we wanted to do some things that were just really outside of the scope, and so the uh, trip to Kennedy Space Center yesterday was a lot of fun. Had a really nice time just uh, going around, standing on the launch complex, uh, viewing platform, going and seeing the Saturn rockets, and uh, you know, just kind of tooling around for a while. I mean, it, it took many hours just to do that because it was you know, just an interesting experience. So it's, uh, it's well worth the trip from, uh, from Disney World. So there you go. That's my, my take on where we are and what we're doing. And Now you may look at it and you may say, it's camping, you know, it's not that great, and, you know, I, I, it looks a little expensive to me. I can remember the day when camping was like, it was under $20 to come out here and camp. You could uh, get a campsite, and you could really do it on the cheap, uh, and it was, it was a great experience. And it certainly got more expensive. It's more like uh, the, the price of, more like the price of a, a value resort uh, in that sense. But I'll tell you what, for the activities you get, the amenities you get, and the fact that you can spend some time camping and have some fun with it. I mean, everything's clean and neat and orderly, and they, they do a nice job of kind of keeping everything up. Uh, and you get all the activities and the amenities, so you can you can take advantage of the Disney transportation, and you can use different things, and, you know, you really get all of that for your value. So, in my mind, it's, it's worth every penny in that sense. Even though the price went up from where I remem remembered it, it's worth it. Uh, you really get something really, really nice for your, for your good value for your money. So that's my take. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it. To be continued in the next podcast. We've reached our destination in the 21st century. And I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, the future is always in front of us. Hey, thanks for joining me on Dave's Disney View podcast for this week. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email me at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. 
Now, gather your personal belongings and step off onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal and opposite speeds. The music you're hearing on this podcast is actually from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. You can check him out at ReverbNation.com slash SoundA, as an Apple, or MySpace.com slash SoundA. Craig does a number of different things. Uh, this particular piece is called A Major Suspension, Suspended Glory. So please do check him out, and we thank Craig for his music. 